Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for sales reps and those that lead sales reps. And I'm so excited to be joined by Tab Norris. Uh, he's been a, a rather frequent visitor to our show. Tab, welcome back. Thank you, Scott. It's always great to be with you. Oh, yeah. We have, we have some fun on Ales with Aslan. And uh, this week, we're going to tackle, a, I know this subject is close to you. You, uh, you love talking about those top five mistakes that we make as sales reps. And uh, we're going to get heavily into what those are and, and, you know, give some tips and some ideas. Uh, and so we'll do that, of course, in due time, Tab, because as we talk about every week on Ales with Aslan, we talk about the ale first. So uh, what you have in front of you that's frosty and cold and refreshing? Yeah, well, you know me. I'm, I love my IPAs. The, the hoppier, the better. Um, and I just found a brand new one uh, here, brewed here in Athens, Georgia, called Academia. It's called Academia Brewing Company. And uh, this one I sam I've, I'm sampling right now um, is called the IQ IPA. And you're, you'll love this guy. It's 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 got a tropical aroma of okay. citrus and melon. And it's balanced with a smooth, clean bitterness Ooh. with an ABV of about, I think, oh, here we go, 6.6. .6. So it's a great summer IPA, you know, fresh, citrusy, not, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not too high gravity. Um, and it's, it tastes very, it tastes very good, very refreshing. Now, did you say melon and citrus? Yeah, you know, it's got a little melon flavor oh, wow. to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because the audience doesn't know this, but like you and I did not talk about this, but I have a little citrusy flavor myself um, this week. Yeah. My, one of my favorite local Rhode Island breweries is Narragansett. And I think you, you may have had a, a Narragansett when you visited from one time yes, to another. I have. Uh, this one is their summer shandy. It is actually um, interwoven with Dell's lemonade, which if you know Rhode Island, you know that that is a, institution here in the state of Rhode Island since 1948. <laughs> so uh, this is a Narragansett Dell Shandy and it's uh, it's not as high the alcohol volume as yours. I've got 4.7 which makes it an easy drinking summer beverage and it won't put you you know face down in the sand which is probably a good thing right. So let's give <laughs> that a taste. Right. Yeah, it's scary when my 6.6 .6 doesn't seem too high. You, <laughs> well, you don't I, drinking high gravity beers. That's right. We did yeah. have one with a 9.7 or something a couple of weeks ago. That that's frightening to me a little bit. So exactly. Well, <laughs> hey, cheers, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Yep. Clink, clink. This is good. Hmm. Gotta love that. Oh yeah. Love it. I don't want I, summer to ever end. I know, and it's getting it's getting there, isn't it? Oh, they fly. Mm -hmm. by. They fly by. Well, let's get into this. Um, this is a great topic, I think, for, for all of those that sell and those that try to help uh, improve and coach those who sell. Because, you know, if you can eliminate some of these mistakes, um, you know, especially in the early parts of customer relationships, you really have this much better ability to open up what we like to refer to as the client's receptivity, right? So why don't we do this? Let's take them one by one. I won't lead the witness. I'll let you sort of bring them up. But yeah. let's talk about, you know, conceptually what these five mistakes are and then get into the first one. What, get us yeah. started. Well, and, and we're going to zone in specifically around the world of discovery here. Right. Just, you know, just kind of set that up that, yeah. that, you know, receptivity is going on throughout the entire sales process. Of course. But, right. but for our time together today, let's just kind of tackle the world of discovery, meaning I got the meeting. 
I'm in front of the customer, the prospect, or I'm on the phone with them, and it's time to do discovery. It's time to uncover stated and unstated needs, right? And we've crafted a, a, we have a discovery roadmap. We've thought through what is all the information I need to get from this customer or this prospect, and what do I need to figure out? So, and for some of you, you may have been in this place where you're, you're like, okay, that's easy. But then when I get in front of the customer, it's not always that easy. <laughs> you know, it's not conversational. Yeah. It can be like you're pulling teeth to get people to tell you stuff or, or all of a sudden you're in the middle of your discovery meeting and then they start shutting down on you. Well, that's all about receptivity. Yeah. They're well, either, you know, it either the receptivity either grows and becomes stronger in this discovery meeting or it starts shutting down. So that's what we'll zone in on. Does that yeah. sound good? It does. I mean, I'm, I was just thinking about that roadmap and an analogy might be, you know, how Waze, which is that great app on my phone mm -hmm. that sort of redirects me around traffic area. We almost need to develop our own little personal ways of, you know, we come in with our roadmap, but it's got to be flexible to, to be appropriate to that individual customer, doesn't it? So let's, exactly. let's get into that, what that looks like um, as, yeah. we, as we pick on these five mistakes people make uh, during the discovery process. So what's the first one? All right, well, let's, let's, we'll start with that. And it's like, um, and, and this is pulls, Scott, just from 20 plus years of selling and watching thousands of salespeople mm -hmm. in all different industries. Right. And over the years, we've just built what, what are the top five reasons that receptivity either is diminished or doesn't, or, you know, doesn't happen or is diminished in the midst of discovery. And the number one, hands down, the number one reason is by failing to ask open-ended questions yeah. like they the the salesperson does not start it seems so simple but if you don't start with open-ended questions some good open-ended questions to get the customer talking everything gets hard yeah. and, and I, I see this all the time people come in and they're too narrowly focused and it and it just they don't open up. They're not talking. Um, I got a great example of this. Um, I was out with one of our clients and, and, and I had worked with this guy and he said, Tam, I'm really struggling with my discovery and I feel like I've got such a good roadmap and I just feel, what am I doing wrong? Will you come watch me? And I'm like, sure. Yep. So I got in the field with him. <laughs> I'm sitting back there and we go through the meeting and you know, sure enough, it, it just never went anywhere. It just it felt like there was a uh, white light swinging over this guy's head and he was being interrogated and <laughs> no receptivity and we get back in the car and, and he said so tell me what, what, what do I do make me better and I said well let me just ask you a question um, how many open-ended questions do you do you remember using throughout your discovery meeting when he goes golly you know I really don't know did you keep count and I said actually I did I um, mean the reason that you don't remember is because you didn't use any <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. it was easy to count up to zero. Yeah. Um, and I said, you may not have even realized this, but you started the meeting with all of these closed, narrow questions. You said, so, hey, so um, are you guys moving in this direction? And the guy said, yes. And then you said, well, who, are you currently doing this? And the guy said, yes. And then you said, well, are you guys pleased with the results? And, and on and on and on. And so it never, you never got, we never got the guy talking. Yeah, so that's, that is the number one gap I see with people getting discovery going and becoming conversational. It's so interesting because, you know, we've been you and I've both been in this game a long time. And I can remember my first sales training back at Eastman Kodak, you know, 
almost 30 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was the typical early young sales rep that had a lot of great questions that I had to get answers to. And I remember my first coach saying, great machine gun approach. You asked a lot of great <laughs> questions. You probably got a lot of answer, but what was the overall cost right. for that relationship when you acted that way? And, and it wasn't, you know, very other centered of me at all. Uh, and, and so we all learned that in our, in our due time. And hopefully people listening can, can shortcut that development opportunity by taking advantage of what you just said, because that's a great story. Oh my yeah, goodness. Just remember, oh, it seems easy, but just right. be aware of it. If you're not op opening with some good open-ended questions, make that change. Turn Number two, second yeah. reason that receptivity is hurt in discovery. Um, it's if we do not ask permission mm. for discovery. Right. It's a setup thing. It's a setup problem. And, you know, just the typical, you know, if you just come in and start firing questions away, that, that comes across as the typical salesperson, right? It's self-centered. I'm just trying to get in here versus like, hey, you know, I, what I'd like to do is just, you know, you know, dig in a little bit deeper, you know, learn a little bit more about you and what you guys are doing and see if our solution would make sense. Would that be okay? And, and just asking permission. It's very other centered. It's, it's you're kind of giving them control, uh, which is powerful. Um, which creates receptivity. When you don't do that, Scott, what, what we find is oftentimes there's a, there's a time element. If you, if you just like, well, I got to hurry up and get into discovery and just start asking questions, then you can feel rushed. They can feel, you can feel like you run out of time. Yeah. A little bit of pressure on, on both parties, right? Yes. Yeah. Versus if you just take, you know, boom, if now's not a good time, aren't you glad you asked permission? Yeah. You know, I, I had a great story on this front uh, selling a big deal um, I had, I had tried, been trying to get, I had this wonderful warm lead and, and I, I was trying to get a, get a hold of her and I, I finally got her right. And, and I could tell that her phone had been forwarded to her mobile mm -hmm. answered it. And I, 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 right there in the beginning, I'm thinking she's rushed. I've been having a hard time getting a hold of her. Don't ask permission, just go into it. And then I'm like, dang it, I've got to. And I said, well, you know, I did my introduction. I said, uh, Hey, Susan or whatever her name was, um, is now a good time for us to do a little discovery. I want to learn a little bit more about your group. And she goes, you know what? It really isn't. You know, I'm in the middle of something. I got the, I said, then I'm glad I asked. Can we set up a call tomorrow morning where we can dig into this a little bit further? She said, yes. So we do. We end up having a great meeting the next morning. I end up getting that project. It was funny. We're in the class and I had a couple of people pushing back here and saying, hey, you can just start asking questions. You don't have to. Do it. She said, nope. The reason tab is here is because he asked permission. What would have happened if he didn't ask permission right there? He just started asking questions. I would have given him some short, tense, quick answers. My receptivity would have been low. We would have wrapped up and nothing would have moved forward. But because he got permission when the time was right, I opened up. He was able to really uncover our needs, stated and unstated. And that's why he's here working with you today. So, that is a great story. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, and because I imagine people listening are saying, yeah, but there's a risk they could say, you know, no and not commit to a follow-on meeting. And then what do I do, right? So there's exactly. a risk with everything we do, isn't there? And That's so it. you've just got to do what feels to be the most other-centered thing you can do. And, and yeah, you're rolling the dice a little bit, but I think you'll find more often than not when you perform and think that way and truly become that way that other centered way, you'll, you'll find that your success rates go up. So yeah. excellent. I love number two, uh, yeah. ask permission. What do we have for number three? Three is asking questions that can be perceived as self-centered or irrelevant. Mm. 
right. like meaning they're just not connected. Like, why are you asking that question? You know, that doesn't make any sense. This sounds like you're trying to lead me somewhere or this seems irrelevant. Now we just completely changed gears in the middle of this thing. And now you're going to ask me about that. It doesn't seem connected. Um, and it, and it just, it, it, once again, it comes across as uh, self-centered. And, and we're, you know, I know we're going to do a part two to this. It sounds like where we're going to dig a little bit deeper in how we fix this. Right. But this is a biggie. Like you've got to be really focused in on, on them. You got to kind of flip the switch. You're in this mindset. You got to go with the flow a little bit. You have a plan. You came in with a roadmap, but you got to, like you said, with the ways thing, you got to be flexible. I think so. I, I mean, I do think so. And it's, yeah. Uh, you know, asking, asking questions that aren't connected could be, also, you know, you could have learned that answer somewhere else. Like, don't ask yes. them something you should know the answer to. That just shows disrespect for their time, right? So it's, yes. yeah, but you start taking them off and they feel like they're being led. I, <laughs> I've been there and I feel that. And that's, that's, uh, that's not a comfortable feeling. It doesn't build a lot of trust, does it? So right. you can just feel it, the receptivity going away. That's right. That's right. Excellent. So number four. Number four is another biggie. Um, the, and this is hard too. Yeah. And this is the, the sales rep begins selling. If there's any kind of a communication of, of the client's lack of interest or pushback or any, you know what I mean? Like they start kind of going, well, I'm a little bit concerned about that. Or, you know, we're real happy with what we're doing here. And instead of continuing to do discovery, yeah. you start selling, you start pitching versus going, oh, okay. So it sounds like you're happy with what you got to talk. Tell me more. You know, you know, it's kind of what's been the big connecting point that's made you, because it sounds like, you know, we may or may not make, make sense. I mean, if you can tell me more about that, we can kind of figure this out versus so many salespeople, as soon as they hear that, what do they do? They start pitching. It's like, oh, well, let me tell you the three reasons why we're much stronger. We're much better. Not yeah. yet. We're going to have time to build value later. We're in the midst of discovery right now. We're yeah. trying to diagnose. I'm trying, I'm a doctor. I'm trying to figure out where the pain is so I can make the right recommendation. I like that. I like that analogy too. I mean, yeah, if you rush right to uh, prescribing something and you don't have the full understanding of the issue, you, there's a couple things you could do. You, first of all, you risk prescribing the wrong thing, but secondly, you risk not understanding the whole problem, which could lead to a, a bigger and better solution between your two companies. So there's a couple reasons to keep asking questions and really more importantly, keep listening before you start selling, right? Yeah, that's it. Excellent. And bring us home with our final mistake and, and how, uh, how you've discovered that over the past many, many years of doing this. Yeah. The, and the, the fifth one is um, if the customer doesn't feel like you're interested yeah. in what they have to say or interested in them. And this, this can happen too. It's almost like, well, I know I'm supposed to ask these questions. I know I'm supposed to do this discovery. I'm supposed to, I don't really care. I already know what I'm going to sell. You already know what I'm going to pitch. I'm just going through the motions I'm not really that interested. I'm not really listening to you. <laughs> you know, I'm already thinking about what I'm doing next or, or whatever. And it's hard to fake it. I mean, it really is. You, you, you gotta be zoned in. You gotta flip the switch. You've gotta be all focused. I am here to figure out if we are the right fit. And if so, we gotta figure out how, and you've gotta be all in and have that mindset. And if you don't, they'll sniff it out. Yeah. So those are the big five. And I, I'll just, if, if you want me to kind of you know, sum them up, you want me to kind of hit the big five real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Fail to ask open-ended questions, number one. Number two, um, we don't ask permission for discovery. Number three, 
we're using, we, we ask questions that are, that are either self-centered or irrelevant. Number four, we start pitching when there's any kind of negativity or pushback or anything, lack of interest. And number five, um, it, it, there's, we come across as not interested in them and interested in figuring out, you know, what their needs are. And those yeah. are the big five. Those are the big five reasons that, that receptivity either, you know, doesn't happen or diminishes in the midst of a discovery call. Well, and there's so much more to this topic, but unfortunately we probably don't have time to get into, you know, a lot of that. So let's do that tab. Let's table, yeah. let's table some additional conversation on this. We'll get you back on within the next few weeks Okay. And we'll, we'll continue the dialogue because this is, I think, super helpful to, again, remember, this is all about sales reps and, and getting them better. And if you're a coach out there, uh, you know, these are great things for you to be helping your team watch for these, right? Um, like the way Tab did with his clients, the way he observed that there were just no open-ended questions going on in that particular scenario, that's, you know, sometimes that's a blind spot for the rep themselves and a coach can spot that and really help them improve on those. So we'll, we'll get back into a lot more detail on a future episode of Ales with Aslan. Tab, hey, it's been great. I love uh, the beer choice. We both had a little fruit in our beverage today, celebrating some summer. So thanks so much for coming back for another episode and uh, we'll, get you, uh, we'll get you on here in a couple weeks. All right? Good. Thank you, Scott. Cheers. All right, guys. Have a great week out there and we'll see you next week on Ales with Aslan. 